0: What would you like the power to do?
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: ParmaBet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer!
3: Download
4: our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same-game multi at ParmaBet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kia.
5: The Kia EV6 and Sportage, cars of the year.
2: Welcome to Sports Day on this Thursday night. Great to have your company, Mark Reddings, alongside Paul Heath until 8 o'clock tonight. Plenty of sport bumping around, not the least of which, uh, as you heard in the news and throughout the course of the afternoon, Josh Corbett heading across from the Gold Coast Suns to officially become a Fremantle docker. He's scheduled to have landed in Perth, so we're hoping to catch up with him in just a few minutes, but a relatively quiet day heater when it comes to trade day in the AFL. Good evening to you.
1: Good evening, skate Yeah, a bit of a holding pattern today. Maybe everyone's getting excited for perhaps. perhaps. Perhaps a bit of a long weekend uh, after the you know remunations of uh, the trade week so far. It has been such a slog, hasn't it, for those three days for everyone there. But, yeah, nothing much happening today apart from Josh uh, joining the Fremantle Dockers. And he's already got himself quite the reputation after his press conference with the club. Everyone's saying, what a nice-mannered young man.
2: Absolutely. Well, if he can produce half of the season that Will Brodie came up with after Mm. crossing from the Gold Coast Suns, the Dockers will be in front because, to be honest with you, 12 months ago when uh, Will Brodie was named as a recruit for the Dockers, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was uh, a decent pickup without Mm. being startling, but he certainly was one of the recruits of the year.
1: Most certainly he was, and uh, he just... Brought, uh, the right attitude to meet up with where the dockers were at and where the dockers are going. And hopefully Josh can do the same. And he's already said today he's excited to get across and join up with Will as well. But I think Josh is going to be part of a forward line that's going to be a bit of a all hands on deck while we wait for the next generation of Fremantle forwards to perhaps mature and come through because it doesn't seem like the big name or the big fish, uh, that's ready to go is uh, going to be joining unless Roy Lobb stays on for another season.
2: Yeah, that's sure to be, uh, Uh, established as to what his future will be, whether it's the Bulldogs or the Fremantle Dockers. Part of our news headlines, thanks to Polaris, Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, 133882 is our number. Some other news headlines... Fighting around as well in the NRL, Cameron Munster, one of the stars of the game, was being wooed by a couple of clubs outside of the Melbourne Storm, but he is committed to the Victorian club until 2027. So a big signing for the Melbourne Storm there. And, of course, we are going to speak to later in this hour to
1: Lance Morris, Mm. who
2: has become... An absolute uh, Sheffield Shield weapon for Western Australia.
1: Absolutely. The Wild Thing uh, took nine wickets, got the Player of the Match award from WA's first Sheffield Shield uh, performance this year against New South Wales. The concern, I guess, with the Wild Thing name, Skeet, is that at some point perhaps he was a little less controlled in the nets and uh, out on the field, but at the moment he has that ball talking very nicely for how he's uh, trying to get
2: his performance across. Absolutely. And, of course, he's done some work with the, the great DK Lilly, which when it comes to tutors in the world of fun- Fast bowling, there are very few better than Dennis Silly. Uh, news headlines, thanks to Polaris. Thank you, Australia, for making Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand 21 years in a row. Uh, a bit of a lull with with the footy trade. Mm. Uh, cricket, top-line cricket coming to Perth in the not-too-distant future. In fact, Sunday, there's a game tomorrow between Australia and the West Indies. And then it's Australia v England mm. with, of course, the World T20 Championship, or the Cup not far away, and uh, the fight for spots in the Australian squad very much underway, and there's one guy that's, as we've talked about, Mm. Cam Green, who's not in that squad at the moment, but... Uh, hoping for maybe an ailment for someone to let him through the door.
1: <laughs> it's uh, it's an exciting time because for years I feel like we've asked for the Australian cricket team to just try a couple of different new things when leading into a, a tournament like the one coming up, and we saw it last night, Aaron Finch moving down to the fourth spot in the batting order, and it worked out well for him. He made a nice uh, f- uh, 50 as well. Didn't have to go um, hell for leather because the total was only in the mid-140s, but he played very nicely, and uh, Cam played nicely again at the top of the order, but Matthew Wade hasn't he stepped up into that finishing role so nicely? He's just a safe set of hands when he comes out to bat at the moment.
2: Yeah, he's been terrific, hasn't he? And that's been noted by Aaron Finch and the like after what he's done over the past uh, couple of years at that level. Of course, Bathurst underway. If you're a motor racing <laughs> person, eight eighty two. Will Davison starting practice. Well, so too, Garth Tander. There's been plenty of rain up on the, the mountain and mm. a couple of spills and uh, crashes as well. So uh, if you love your motor racing and Bathurst 1000, this is as a kid growing up certainly uh, before your time heater, there used to be a tradition in October, you got up at, at early morning and watched Bathurst. Now, uh, that obviously has continued through uh, the generations, and although Ford and Holden, they're going their separate ways in many respects, uh, in terms of a rivalry, it means that this is still an iconic part of the, the racing calendar.
1: One of the all-time weekends to get your backside couch light, I think, isn't it, Skeet, uh, with the Bathurst 1000, the rolling coverage, I think about 12 hours a day, and of course it crescendos with the amazing race on Sunday, so I love that they bring you know the drivers in that aren't perhaps there the whole season to be the uh, co-drivers as well. So there's just so much in excitement and intrigue that's added to it. But if you have a team that you follow all year in the Supercars, please get in touch tonight on Sports Day and let us know because I don't know other than. Uh, S- uh, SVG, who's been leading the whole year, um, who might perhaps be up for the running at Bathurst this weekend.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be terrific uh, to watch over the next seventy two hours. So let's go to the phones. One double three eight eighty two. Mick is in Kemwick. Hi, Mick.
1: Yeah, how you going,
0: guys? Um We're good. two questions. Um one is about my waffle team. I believe I don't know how true it is, but I believe they're looking for a new coach. And also, who would it be? And Collingwood. Now this Grundy is going on and on and on and on, mate. Seriously, the way it's going, if they can't get into Melbourne to try uh, the pick up uh, Mitchell from Hawthorne, the guys already got. They're going to have a damn good midfield.
2: You're talking Collingwood.
0: Yep, Collingwood. Yeah, and no, I think
2: they, they've uh, done well already. Dan McStay comes across. Uh, from the Brisbane Lions to, to help them in their forward line. We know that uh, Grundy's likely to go to Melbourne. Uh, the Tom Mitchell talk has been around for a little bit. Mind you, 12 months ago there was also talk about Mitchell leaving Hawthorne, so not too sure whether... He, look, he's a ball winner. There's no question about that. Whether, I think he's one of those players, he's a Brownlow medalist, but one of those players that suits certain sides.
1: Mm, it's interesting about uh, how they say that, you know, Collingwood are going to achieve uh, net zero with uh, moving Brody out and then bringing Tom Mitchell in. So it's a massive uh, piece of news about what's going to happen and where it's going to go, but I don't. I don't know what the first part of the trade or what is going to be enough to get it going because it doesn't seem like the pick that's offered at the moment i think it's around the 30s that we've heard so far to move uh brodie from uh, collingwood over to uh melbourne but
5: sports day for kia
1: the kia ev6 and
5: sportage cars of the year
2: welcome back to sports day thursday night 17 after six mark readings alongside paul heath we talked at the top of the show about the Fremantle Football Club, acquiring the services of Josh Corbett from the Gold Coast Suns. He's just, I think, disembarked a flight uh, from the east coast of Australia. He joins us for a chat now. Josh, congratulations. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day tonight.
3: Thanks very much, Mark and Paul. Thanks very much for having me here. It's uh, yeah, great to be on.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, start to your career over here in the West, of course. Uh, you played 36 games with the Suns from 2018. Only picked up four matches this season. So opportunities were knocking at Fremantle. And can you talk us through the process of how you decided to to jump on the Fremantle Dockers train to Perth?
3: Yeah, well, I uh, had a bit of a contact with uh, David Walls probably partway through the year. Um, he kept tabs on just on how I was tracking and, and how I was going. And um, yeah, he was really impressive in the way he was able to uh, portray the football club and i've kept a pretty keen eye on them um since then so they've had a really amazing season and uh obviously making finals and able to win a final is always impressive so uh yeah looking forward to getting over there and meeting the rest of the lads
1: how would you uh summarize or wrap up your time with the gold coast suns josh
3: yeah i can't speak any more highly um with my time at the club I, I really enjoyed it i've made some lifelong friends um I was drafted at a mature age at 22, so they gave me the opportunity to to live out my childhood dream, as as most boys are, wanting to play AFL, so I can't thank enough for the the opportunity and um, yeah, I'm very thankful for the Dockers giving me uh, an opportunity to continue my journey um, in the AFL system, so I don't take it for granted and I'm so grateful to Um, have started at the Suns and as I said there'll be some lots of mates that I'll I'll keep forever
1: Bit of adversity across uh, last season with a hip complaint uh, which led to only those four games at AFL level but you uh, came back and uh, pushed very nicely in the VFL finals Uh, can you talk us through that injury and also the recovery?
3: Yeah we um, just took a bit of a conservative approach uh, with my hip so it just flared up there early in the season so we wanted to make sure that I was able to be right and, and play some consistent football towards the back end of the season so um, I was really pleased to be able to, to obviously play the four at the start of the year. And um, Levi and who were playing some really consistent football in the seniors, which make it uh, a bit challenging for us forwards in the VFL to try and get a game at the uh, at the senior level. But at the end of the day, forwards kicking goals is always good for football. So um, it was nice to be able to play in the VFL and, and play in some finals against some really tough opposition. So um, all in all, I had a really enjoyable year. And um, looking back at it, all those those finals i played in, I'll be treasured memories because they don't always come around very often finals. So... They were
2: lots of fun. Speaking with Josh Corbett, new Dockers recruit as part of our trade radio update, thanks to Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Josh, uh, Will Brody made a similar trek at the end of last season across to the Dockers. Have you had any conversation with him about the the move and about what's entailed about uh, setting up yourself in the West? Yeah, um, well
3: this is probably the blueprint as far as uh, as trades go and and how um, you can go in and have an immediate impact. So um, yeah, I have been in contact with him. I recently went over to WA and had a bit of a, uh, a look around and was able to catch up with him and his partner, Kate. So uh, he, he sort of just explained to me the group and the dynamics. And um, I'm just been so impressed so far about how there's no egos and, and everyone has that genuine care and, and really impressive relationships with them all. So um, I'm a big relationship man, and that's something that really drew me to the football club.
1: So I heard that you uh, went out for dinner along with uh, Andrew Brasher and also Caleb Sarong. Were you able to get a word in inside that bromance there? That's just my outside view, that is.
3: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, obviously I haven't noticed it too much. But, yeah, the boys obviously seem like they're very close. But, now they were all very warm and welcoming the whole time. I I can't speak any more highly of them. And um, as I touched on, that was one of the main reasons of going there, that they do genuinely seem like they have those... um, Great relationships on and off the field, so um, I won't be getting in the way of that romance, that's for sure. But we'll see if we can uh, yeah, continue to continue to build some strong relationships.
2: Uh, 190 centimetres, Josh. Uh, for those that haven't seen you play a lot of senior footy, what what do you bring to the table? What uh, do you think the Dockers have, have recruited you or brought you to the West for in terms of your ability?
3: Uh, One of my strengths is is definitely my running ability. Um, I feel like my work rate and ability to to be that link player between the mids and forwards um, and also feel like I have relatively strong marking ability as well. So to be able to go forwards and and obviously at the end of the day being a forward kicking goals is is one of the main priorities to get done. So um, I think the the work rate and the marking ability are the two of the key my strengths to it all. But I understand that the Dockers have lots of role players in there and um, I certainly don't expect to walk in there and, and play straight away as much as I'd love to. I understand that they've got a really strong outfit um, and I'll be looking forward to earn all their trust and, and definitely um, earn a game that's for sure
5: Okay
2: have you got a, a place to live and when do you think you'll start doing some pre-season training because it wouldn't be all that far away
3: No well um, I'm getting married actually on the on the 12th of November so that'll, uh, that'll keep me busy there mentally to try and organise all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff that's always fun but I think the uh, the training outside of it all will be really enjoyable to be able to have a bit of a, uh, a bit of a stress reliever. Not that it's all that stressful. I shouldn't say that sort of stuff, but um, <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to all that stuff. And I think I think towards the end of November, I'll I'll, uh, I'll look to try and get over there. So that'll be fantastic. My partner Michaela and I, um, she come over with me on, on the weekend to have a look at it all, and um, we we're both yeah just blown away about the support and. Um, it seems like it's going to be a very straightforward move and we look forward to uh, to experiencing a new place and, and meeting some great people.
2: One contrast I think you'll find, and I know the Gold Coast pretty well, is the, the difference in the concentration of, of the media and and the spotlight. Obviously, it's an AFL town up there. You've got the, the Suns, you've got the Titans, and, and perhaps you can slide under the radar a little bit. But here, if you're going well, you become a bit of a, a star of, of the city, but if you're not, it certainly uh, can be a lonely place. And that's not Just for visitors, that's if you're a docker or an eagle. It seems to be um, a lot more spotlight, a lot more focus over here.
3: Yeah, 100%. I've heard that from a few of the boys. I think the important thing is obviously inside the four walls, understanding what um, you're trying to achieve so that that you don't have to ride that that roller coaster of the ups and downs as much. So um, ensuring you've got a really good, supportive, um, tight-knit network around you to make sure that those those down days aren't as down. And, and obviously, when you're up, you can um, sort of enjoy those with people at the same time. So I look forward to going over there. And as you can tell, I uh, I enjoy conversations. So I think mine will be the biggest thing will be uh, making sure that I I'll put time aside to be able to go and have some conversations with people and all that sort of stuff. Because I really value getting to know the community. And I, and I think that's really important um, over there as well. So people get to know the players off the field, not just, just on the field.
1: You talked about being picked up as a mature age recruit by the Suns. Uh, did you nominate for the AFL draft uh, when you were of draft age and uh, what was the process around there? What did you learn around that time?
3: Yeah uh, to be honest no I didn't. I, I was just playing um, country football in, in Warrnambool, south um, southwest Victoria so uh, I was just playing down there and felt like I was playing some good, good enough football um, never got picked up in any of the what we had at the time the TAC Cup which is now the NAB League over in uh, in Victoria so I was invited to go and train down at Werribee um, and was lucky enough to get on the list there and, and had a couple of years playing in the development league at the time um, under John Lamont and then was able to go and um, play some consistent BFL football there. So it all happened relatively quickly, to be honest with you. Um, I had a one season where I got a bit of a taste of what it was like to play at that BFL level and, and really wanted to have a crack and a bit of a push to see if I could get a crack at playing the AFL. So um, I felt like uh, I worked my bum off and um, was giving the opportunity from the Suns, which it's a bit of a different story and um, I hope people out there in the, in the state league competitions understand that there definitely is pathways to get into the AFL if, if you want it. And um, obviously a little bit of luck on your side with it all, but no, I'm, I'm very grateful for the Suns for giving the opportunity to start
1: Josh, I don't know if you consider yourself charming or not, but you have gone on quite the charm offensive today of uh, the WA media. I've seen plenty of tweets already listing you as their new favourite docker, mate. But I just want to know, where do you get your positive outlook from so much? Uh, What have you gone through to sort of have this outlook on life where you want to bring other people in, you want to be a part of a community and just how it grows from there?
3: Um, I don't know if I've done anything different, to be honest. I've probably got to give a lot of credit to my my parents. Um, They've always just been big on treat people the way that you want to be treated. So, um, I've always enjoyed learning other people's life experiences at the end of the day. Um, I know, obviously, uh, at the Dockers and and all the AFL clubs, we're considered AFL players, but but we're just people like like yourselves, like everyone else at the end of the day. So, um, everyone's got a story, and, and just because we play elite sport doesn't mean that we're any less or more important than anyone else. So, um, I think just giving this time of day to everyone just makes it a lot more of an enjoyable place. And um, you never know that, that one conversation could help somebody or could make their day. So I know it's happened plenty of times with me and um, it's such a simple thing. And I feel like, as I said, I, I enjoy having a conversation. It's so easy for me to do. So um, I don't find it challenging or hard. I just, just enjoy it, to be honest with you.
2: Jeremy Sharp, fellow Gold Coast son. Uh, certainly prospects he might end up over here as well. Um, obviously you're hoping that he... Gets his wish.
3: Yeah, I um I think Sharpie. I, I obviously know him. He's a terrific person, a terrific footballer, and um I know he'll play some great AFL AF football, football, no matter where he's at. Um obviously from a Southwich perspective, I'd love for him to come over to, to the Dockers and, and play alongside me, because um, he's yeah he's a great footballer and um yeah he'll obviously that's that's between the clubs to try and figure out whatever's going on there. I don't know anything more than that, but um yeah for, for Sharpie's sake, I, I hope he does come um over and, and continue his afl career there he'd, he'd love it and i reckon he'd fit in really
1: well you mentioned the uh wedding coming up in november uh you flew from the gold coast to melbourne today uh does the weekend uh coming up have in store for you a bit of a bucks party
6: yeah
3: well um that's the plan we're supposed to go and have a hit of golf golf here tomorrow it's supposed to have 40 mil of rain <laughs> to tomorrow so i think we've canned the golf idea we might have to go to the virtual reality golf so i think maybe pebble beach might get a bit of a go tomorrow so um, at least that way we'll save some money on losing actual golf balls, and and the uh, the virtual ones will just get lost instead. So, that um, <laughs> no, should be a good day. I'm looking forward to catching up with with friends and family down here, and then head back to Warrnambool for a week, which will be really nice to be able to go and see the grandparents and, and obviously celebrate this yeah really exciting news. So it'll be um it'll be a really good couple of days.
1: Love to hear that. And I also got tipped off that you might be heading along to Corfield, and you might be looking for a couple of tips. You got your pen there.
3: Yeah, if you've got some, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah of course,
1: of course. Yeah, all right, Caulfield. All right. I'm not sure on the race numbers, so, you know, take me out on that one. But uh, I'm uh, feeling Animo into Zaki in uh, one race there, and uh, Berkeley Square into Tijuana, and also another race, I wish I win. There's three hot ones Beautiful. for you.
3: very good. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll lock that in for the boys, and... uh if they go no good, it'll probably be my round to be. That'll be unfortunate. <laughs> so hopefully they go all
2: right anyway. And Josh, as they say in the classic, gamble responsibly. Yeah, uh, It's been really nice spending some time with you, Josh. Uh, enjoy your, your sabbatical, seeing some family over there in uh, Victoria for the next few days and obviously looking forward to seeing you uh, arriving in the West, enjoying our beautiful sunshine and hopefully watching you play some really good footy in 2023 and beyond. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Thanks so much,
3: Mark and Paul. Thank you very much.
2: There it is, Josh Corbett, fine young man, speaks well and a great acquisition for the Fremantle Football Club. Part of our trade radio update, thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Uh, Before we head to a break, a sports update, one NBL match just being completed this evening and the Illawarra Hawks, who, by the way, take on the Perth Wildcats on Saturday at Mm -hmm. RAC Arena just after 5 o'clock. They've beaten the South East Melbourne Phoenix 85 points to 72, so a 13-point margin to the Hawks over the Phoenix tonight as part of our sports update, proudly brought to you by Newseed, delivering you top-performing canola genetics and superior customer service. Time for your calls, 133 882 Mark Reddings. Paul Heath, on Sports Day, it's half past six
7: traffic. Hear the latest news and now. Log on to 6pr.com.au
1: Starting with the
8: Majors, the Quinana and Mitchell Freeway northbound is busy south terrace to Hay Street. The Mitchell and Quinana Freeway southbound is slow Hay Street to Millpoint Road. No delays in the Graham Farmer or North Bridge Tunnel. And looking around the metro, it's busy Manning Road eastbound at Albany Highway in Cannington and Scarborough Beach Road westbound at St. Bridges Terrace in Doubleview. I'm Michaela Channing on 882 6PR. Sunday from 10,
5: Muska. Join
7: Simon Beaumont on weekends for all the latest sport news with any given Sunday,
5: 882 6PR. 6PR is full of smart
7: speakers. There's Gareth Parker, Liam Bartlett, Milsey, Ollie, Todd Johnson, Simon
5: Beaumont, John Lewis, Mark Gibson.
7: And the smartest way to hear them all is with Amazon Alexa. With an Amazon Echo smart speaker at home or at work, listening to your favorite station is as easy as saying... Alexa, play
8: 6PR. Now that's smart. Amazon Echo with Alexa. Grab yours now at amazon.com.au. They say every lawn is different, and that's true. But for landscapers, the solution is always the same. Install Rainbird. Backed by 80 years of irrigation innovation, easy to use with a massive range suitable for any job. From Tom's Backyard, to your local golf course, to the MCG itself. So while every lawn is different, installing Rainbird gives you the same green results every time. Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. Learn more at rainbird.com.
5: To sell your car stress-free, see Scarborough Toyota. They buy all makes and models. All you need is your driver's licence, car rego, and they'll buy your car that same day. Visit the buying team at Scarborough Toyota, Osborne Park. Oh, what a feeling. Toyota. DL 1761.
8: Anyone who says payroll is easy clearly hasn't had to navigate the modern award system. Employment Heroes payroll software is made by payroll experts who get it. It's payroll. Just easier. Work easy. Search Employment Hero Payroll.
9: Budget direct control to Sarge over. Come in, control. We've got a 203 downtown. Can you
5: assist? A 203, thought? Oh, aye. Seems a possessed shopping trolley had to run in with an SUV. Ouch! That'll hurt. Not with budget direct's lifetime guarantee and authorized repairs, it won't.
8: Get a lifetime guarantee on all authorized repairs with every car insurance policy. Insurance solved with budget direct. Terms and conditions apply. Issue a auto and general insurance company limited. Read PDS and TMD at budgetdirect.com.au to decide if products suit you. Individual circumstances and policy terms maybe.
1: Very for yourself. Is pain starting to affect your life? Sudox Active Pain Relief Cream can help you manage your pain comfortably and mess-free. Its unique three-ball bearing
5: roll-on applicator is designed to provide temporary mild relief of arthritis, joint, muscle pain, and inflammation. sudox Active Pain Relief Creams, available at Chemist Warehouse, Select Pharmacies, and IGA stores. And online at
1: SWODOX.com. Always read the label, follow the directions for use. If symptoms persist, talk to your health professional.
2: Keep it clean and running like a dream. With F10 fuel treatment. Whether it's cars, trucks, earth-moving machinery, boats or bikes, petrol or diesel, no matter what you drive. F-10 makes engines run
4: smoother and more efficiently, cleans and protects injectors and pumps, and extends the
9: life of your engine. F-10 removes water, wax, varnishes and diesel bug contamination F10 fuel treatment available at Auto One, Atom
2: Blackwoods, Bursons and Repco stores.
5: Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage Cars of the Year
2: 26 before 7, great to have your company on Sports Day 133882. A quick sports update proudly brought to you by Newseed. Uh, in the Perth Glory today, they have their launch of the season. Of course, they take on the Wanderers uh, this weekend. We're speaking to Liam Reddy after 7 o'clock, but Mustafa Amini and Natasha Rigby have been named the Perth Glory captains for this season. So uh, the appointment's made, the coach in place. Hopefully a bit of stability for the the Glory.
1: Yeah, still got to get out there for the for what, first five or six games on the road to start off with, but Mustafa is a very experienced hand in the A-League, so it's a good guy to be leading the team. I think Liam Reddy did it for a little bit as well along the way, so he'll also be there providing a bit of uh, leadership, but looking forward to it. I'm getting a little bit excited about the Glory. I, I, I don't know what it is. I haven't been to a Glory game or anything like that, but I'm starting to maybe drink the Kool-Aid a little bit.
2: Absolutely. Well, the season, the A-League season, starts tomorrow after. Afternoon, our time, and we're looking forward to eleven thirty on Sunday. Uh, the glory up against the Western Sydney Wanderers. One double three eight eighty two. Let's go to the phones. Andrew is in the vines. Hi, Andrew. Good part of the world. Hi, how are you going?
0: Yeah, good day, guys. How are you going? Well, well. Um, I just want to bring out coming out of the square at the moment. Um, um, I've got a son racing in the World Ironman championship, Championships in in Hawaii this weekend. Wow. Wow. what's his name? It's, his name is Ben Stone. Right. He races between the 26 and 30 year old category, and he's mm-hmm. um, he's West Australian number one. Um, he's won most of the events uh, going around at the moment in his age category, and I just think, you know, I just want to do a big shout out to the community to, um, you know, try and get behind these guys racing in these Ironman events.
2: Andrew, um, Cass, he was, uh, Sorry, Andrew, can I ask the question? Yeah. Uh, where does he take his, his DNA, his physical ability to, because the Man is a, a a mighty tough
0: competition. Wow. Where, does he,
2: where does he get it from?
0: Well, I don't know, really. Um, look, I've <laughs> always been very, very good at sport, and I've been involved in football for a long time through South Fremantle Football Club and the Fremantle Dockers. Um, and he, um, he was a footballer at South Fremantle um, in the Colts and the Reserves and um he got struck down by an injury um when he was uh 18 with a staph infection that nearly actually killed him we nearly lost him you know uh to a staph infection and then he fought his way back through football and his coach was john dimmer and um it um it just got to a stage and the staff infection really got him and then he got back into football again and then he did his knee twice, had two knee reconstructions and then decided after that, look, I'll take up golf. And he took up golf and played off a of one handicap. And then he um, thought, no, golf's a little bit slow. So he um, took up triathlon.
2: Oh, it's and it's he's tri- been
0: doing it now for oh, about three years now. And... Um, yeah, he's he's just been flying along.
2: Terrific story, Andrew. Thanks for giving us a call, and we'll certainly keep an eye out for, for Ben's progress over the weekend uh, over there in Hawaii at the Ironman competition. And uh, look, there have been a few guys. I remember Bo Waters actually went over and did an Ironman comp over there. It shows you yeah, this is the same that, category, Andrew.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, so he's doing. Um, he, he started off in the seventy point three one, and now he's doing the full marathon. So uh, the full full triathlon. So yeah. So no, it's good, and just you know just if if everyone can
2: keep an eye out and have a go. We will do Andrew, thanks for your call uh one double three eight eighty two Ben stone over there in uh, Hawaii or honolulu uh gee whiz that's uh that's talk talk about going from a one handicap in golf to to doing that that is uh an extreme uh change in sport.
1: I think any guess that you would have for the distances skate would be under what it actually is. It's a three point eight six kilometer swim. And hundred and eighty point two five kilometer bike ride, and then a forty two point one nine five kilometer run.
2: Yeah, it's that's just I mean a marathon just. To... And
1: they finish it in a day.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> extraordinary, and you can just see the 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 fitness of these men and women, and yep. what they go through, and how they. Can go back and, and do it again and again is is beyond me. But uh, full credit to them, and we wish to be in all the very best of luck over there in uh, Hawaii over the course of the weekend. Uh, we mentioned earlier that uh, there's pretty quiet time in, in trade week. Yeah. And we know it's, it's not a week. It's actually more like 10 days, isn't it? <laughs> so people saying, does it all get done tomorrow? Well, no, not quite.
1: No, we're getting into a bit of the hypocrisy stages as well, I think, Skate, because we're seeing teams like the Western Bulldogs uh, and also Brisbane, they're a fair way apart. On Josh Dunkley. So that deal's not happening, and it seems to be one that's holding it up a little bit. But then the Bulldogs are not willing to part with too much for Rory Lobb. So they want to hold on to someone that has a contract, but then they also want to trade in someone that has a contract. But it's not matching up. It with looks what like, they want to do at the table. Looks like the Bulldogs are, are prepared
2: to give up, what, pick 27. Yeah. And which the, the, the Dockers certainly, after the season that mm. Rory had, yeah. are very reluctant to go down that path. So th- there's just some gap between those clubs at the moment.
1: When you see the names like Ollie Henry, um, thrown around, uh, and, you know, he, he's a very good player. He's going to go on to have a great career, but they're saying that he, Should be higher than his draft position, which was about 11, I think. So, what's the market like? Where's the where's the parity? Where does it all even out? We're still waiting to see that. So, definitely a holding pattern at the moment. But yeah, I'm interested to see who's the next one to fall over. Yeah, and there was talk about this time yesterday that the Eagles were being
2: courted or wooed as part of a (laughs) three-way deal with Port Adelaide Mm -hmm. and North Melbourne. It involved uh, Jason Horn Francis. It involved Junior Rioli, and it also involved the Eagles. Potentially giving up pick number two to go to number eight for a mm. future first rounder. Uh, that to me was never going to stack up and the Eagles, I think, have put their foot down on that front. But, uh, whether there is ground for, for that deal yeah. to expand is yet to be known.
1: Well, the, the kicker is, I think, um, is that Melbourne want to move up in the draft. They want to go and get a guy by the name of Aaron Cadman. And I think West Coast are quite happy if they slid down a pick eight to pick up someone by the name of Reuben Gibney. So there is a little bit of push and shove there, a little bit of give and take to come. But uh, it's interesting in that three-way trade that we heard Dan Houston's name thrown out there from Port Adelaide today. Now, he signed a five-year deal in uh, March of this year. So he's tied to the Port Adelaide Club till 2027. So I'm not too sure if he'll be extracted out.
2: No, and uh, I'm not too sure that the, the Eagles are, are super keen. Maybe it was, it was a polite inquiry. You mentioned Ruben Jinby. Yep. Well, he's one of 12 West Australians mm. who've gone over to... Melbourne to take part in the AFL Combine, which will take place over the next three days. So, of course, uh, AFL scouts, uh, clubs will interview these players. They'll go through physical testing. And uh, 12 West Aussies uh, across there. Some are injured, but they'll still go through the process. Oh, and others, of course, will be trying to really impress on a physical front, but also uh, the character that they will show will be so important. So that's all part of our trade radio update. Thanks to CMC Markets. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Uh, so, so much footy to talk about with the, the combine, but also the trade. Uh, footy doesn't sleep, does it? It doesn't stop.
1: And uh, we've got to keep it right at the forefront because, as I said last night, you get those NRL stories in the off-season. It's a little bit less positive.
2: Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to this next discussion. It's with uh, a fine young fast bowler from WA, known as the Wild Thing. He took nine wickets for WA against New South Wales at the Wacker. His name, of course, is Lance Morris. He'll join us right after the break here on Sports Day where it's 18 before 7.
5: Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, cars of the year.
2: Great to have your company on Sports Day. And one double three eight eighty two is our open line number. For KO, what's the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports? Well, it's not short-form cricket, but it's Sheffield Shield cricket that's caught our eye in the last few days where Lance Morris has absolutely gone to town on the New South Wales uh, batters and he joins us for a chat now. Lance, thanks for your time. You must have enjoyed your experience against the Blues at the WACA over the past week. Uh,
10: yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it was a, a pretty good few days. Uh, I think um, it was just a... Probably couldn't ask for a whole lot more to the start of the season, um, from a WA standpoint. So, um, yeah, I think we're pretty happy with how it went.
1: As far as a personally uh, pleasing start to the season, Lance, you've got to be pretty happy with that. And uh, does it sort of cap off some of the hard work over the off-season as well?
10: Yeah, yeah, I was pretty stoked. Um, there's always a few uh, first-game nerves, I guess. or I was a little bit anxious driving into the into the ground just because you want to get that first innings out of the way and let the first few balls go down. Um, but, uh, yeah, all in all, um, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. So, um, had a, had a really solid off season and pre-season, um, chipping away at a few little things and, um, feeling in a pretty good place at the moment.
2: I was about to ask you that in terms of your, your off season, did you do anything differently or did you do more volume, less volume? How did it play
10: out? Uh, so in terms of actual cricket, I'd, didn't do a whole lot, but um, I, I really just used that time to give my body a break from um, bowling and um, giving my back a bit of a rest. Uh, but I got in the gym and I, I made a point of um, doing quite a lot of uh, like lower body strength um, programs and things like that and trying to put on a bit more muscle. So um, I think that hopefully that can hold me in good stead for the... Uh, the games to come
2: you took nine against the blues, five and four. did you bowl better in one of the innings?
10: Uh, I felt uh, I think things went my way in the first. I actually think I felt better in the second in terms of like ball speed as well, like I think I was up in the second inning, so I just felt like I got into a bit more of a rhythm, but um, yeah, pretty good overall.
1: It's a good body of work to get through 30 overs as well to start off the season. Uh, How is the feeling around the group at the moment as you're out there defending your Sheffield Shield title from last season? Uh, It feels like the depth is quite deep at the moment. Is there a sense that it is a special group that you're with at the moment?
10: Yeah, there definitely is um, a bit of that about us at the moment, I guess. like There's so many guys that are just ready to step in and, and play their role and I mean, even with however many guys we have playing for Australia, four or five guys out at the moment, we can still put uh, a pretty amazing team out on the park. Um, I don't think too many states can can say they can do that. So I think we're in a pretty good spot.
2: Well, you've been dubbed the wild thing by someone, not sure who, but we'll run with it anyway, Lance. Um, What sort of speed do you think you've clocked against the Blues or where do you think you're at consistently at the moment?
10: uh yes yeah, so i I was pretty happy with where I was at. I think I was averaging mid one forties and in the second innings, I got up to one forty nine a few times so um there were a few balls there where it just clicked, and um they were getting down there all right.
2: At 149, uh, you said you were nervous walking into the ground or driving into the ground on uh, day one. I reckon there'd be a few openers as well in the same boat. Um, Now, from memory, I'm not sure if we've had a chat before, but uh, the great DK Lilly, you've had a bit to do with him. Is that right?
10: Yeah, I was lucky enough to have a a session with him down at South Perth and um, learn a little bit off him. uh, He was really good. Uh, I just um, got linked up with him. Uh, through one of my old man's mates, I think. Um, and he, yeah, he was great. He he had a little bit to say, but um, obviously you don't want to just throw the whole workshop at someone. But, um, yeah, he, he was pretty good. When you say... Pretty special to meet someone like that.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, he's my all-time cricket idol. Uh, did, was it more technical for you, or what, what was he imparting about looking after your body? Was there anything you could, that sticks out?
10: Um, he was, he was very big on, uh, using, using the run up and, um, using your momentum and just what angle to approach the crease at. Uh, and that's probably something I haven't done great in the past. And I, I do wash off a bit of speed when I, when I hit the crease line sometimes. So just sort of using as much momentum as I can through the crease and, um, I guess making it a bit easier on my body overall.
1: Have you got a preference or a priority to uh, have the red ball or the white ball game sort of at the front of your mind at the moment, Lance or is it just playing as much cricket as possible?
10: yeah honestly just I want to play as much cricket as I can. I love both formats of the game um, yeah either or either i'm I'm pretty happy so um, I just want to keep exploring and expanding my skill set and just see where it takes me to be honest.
1: Are you currently tied in with a Big Bash League side at the moment?
10: Yeah, so I was over uh, with the Melbourne Stars for a couple of years there, and then last year I moved back to Scorches. So I'm with WA for the full 12 months of the year now, which I'm very happy about.
2: Yes, yeah, sounds like we've got some uh, great young talent at our disposal. and uh, although it's been great to talk to you, Lance, there must be a bit of chatter around Cricket Circle as well about Teague Wiley and his performance a century. And uh, we know at under-19 level he's been terrific, but uh, some, some who haven't seen that now get a glimpse uh, at, the, at the top level in domestic cricket.
10: Yeah, I think uh, in the inner circle, no one was really surprised, to be honest, when he peeled off the 100 the other day. Um, so I think we just forget how young he is. He's, the way he goes about batting, um, yeah, he absolutely lives and breeds cricket. And I know that. He, he's basically a walking cricket encyclopedia. He can just peel off facts left, right and centre. And just, yeah, he lives and breeds the game. So um, he absolutely loves it. And I think uh, he's going to be around for a very long time to come.
2: Now, just quickly, uh, on my schedule, at least, you've got the Vicks next up in the Sheffield Shield on Monday, October 17, from a Sheffield Shield point of view. Um, obviously away from home, and they're a pretty strong side. So uh, trying to keep that momentum going is of paramount importance, I'm guessing.
10: Yeah, definitely. Um, probably a little bit of a different approach over there Um at Junction Oval. I think historically there's a little bit less on offer for the bowlers, and you've got to work a bit harder for wickets. So... um yeah, we'll be we're definitely sh- shifting our um, eyes to that game next. I think, yeah, uh, in a week and a half or so. So um, I think we're all looking forward to getting over there and um, giving it a good red hot crack.
1: A couple of international games in town over the next couple of days. Lance, are you going to be heading along? Are you a good cricket watcher or more of a uh, wanting-to-be-out-there guy?
10: I am definitely a want-to-be-out-there guy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I... I'll, I'll, I'll probably be sitting and watching it on the couch, no doubt, but, um, yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. So exciting times ahead.
2: And as we leave you, Lance, I have to ask this question, having watched a bit of, uh, shield training over the years at the WACA and the fast bowlers, not sure they quite realised that there is a pop increase involved. Um, are you, um, very good at keeping to the, uh, the pop increase regulations or, um, no, he's just don't apply during a, a net session with some of the quick bowlers still?
10: Yeah, I'm going to be completely honest. I uh, I do tend to overstep the line there a little bit. Um, it's a beautiful thing hearing the ball smash into the, the whacker shed when it hits the back of the netting. So. Um, yeah, I'll say I'm off about
2: 20 yards, maybe. Yeah, we'll just have a, a spare of thought for some of your, your batters, some of the your blokes sit standing at the other end with the, the helmet, the thigh pad and whatever else, because uh, I can imagine at 145 plus, it's uh, pretty scary work. But, uh, look, Lance, we do appreciate your time. Congratulations on a great performance, a player of the match performance against New South Wales, and may it continue.
10: Beautiful. Thanks for
2: having me on. There it is. Lance Morris, fast bowler for Western Australia, dubbed the wild thing. And if you've uh, seen him in action, you might see why. He's a, a very quick young man. And if he stays sound, the world is his oyster. That segment brought to you by KO. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches of the T20 World Cup on KO Sport.
5: Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, cars of the year.
2: Big first hour on the show, thanks for your company. Coming up after the 7 o'clock news, we'll catch up with Liam Reddy, Perth Glory goalkeeper, ahead of the Glories' first match in the new A-League season against the Western Sydney Wanderers. That's at 11.30, by the way, Perth time on Sunday morning. Brett Patton from Tennis West, the CEO, will talk about a huge awards night coming up tomorrow night at Optus Stadium. We're talking racing with David Short, Greyhounds, of course, with Dennis O'Brien, all that and much, much more after 7 o'clock. Coming up to the 7 o'clock news now. Hope you can join us after that for more of Sports Day.
5: Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, cars of the year.
2: Great to have your company on Sports Day for the second hour on this Thursday night as we jump into a Perth Glory update. Football is here. Suzu Ute A-League kicks off on the 7th of October. That's tomorrow. Experience it live. Search A-League tickets. And, of course, the Perth Glory, they play their first match against the West Sydney w- Wanderers. Can't wait for that. Liam Reddy, the Perth Glory goalkeeper, joins us for a chat. Liam, the season is finally here. I'm sure you can't wait to put the gloves on and get out there should you be selected.
6: Yeah, that's it. Uh, as we said, it's finally here. It's always a long pre-season in Australia, but um, yeah, the boys are really itching uh, to get going and uh, I'm really looking forward to the Sunday's game and, and the season ahead.
2: And the season ahead included a launch today for the Glory. Tell us about that. Uh, obviously the positivity and hopefully uh, some of your uh, leaders giving the, the fans some optimism about this season
6: yeah it was uh, obviously a great day we had the launch today um you know to see the the members and the the sponsors and fans uh there today just to i mean get their first look at the squad all together um yeah it was uh it was a good uh, a good afternoon uh, well spent but yeah uh looking forward to to getting on the training park tomorrow and then uh travelling over to sydney uh to face west sydney
1: after the disruption of the last couple of seasons with COVID, Liam, we we're probably looking forward to a bit of a regulation season heading in almost, but we've had the uh, unfortunate news with the home ground being changed. Uh, is the uh, unsettled ground sort of building a bit of resolve within the squad at the moment?
6: Yeah, look, uh, obviously it's it's good to, to be back having a home and away season again. Um uh, Thirteen home games that uh, you know uh, in Perth is, is something that we're definitely looking forward to. Uh, considering the last two years we've had to play games in uh, in Tasmania and then obviously before that yeah, the hub in New South Wales. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be back doing that. Uh, you know, obviously unfortunately that uh, we, we've got to start the season away from home and play our first five away. Uh, the good thing is we get to to fly over and, and come home. We're not going to be staying over for the whole time, but we're really looking forward to the to actually. Uh, then playing the majority of our games in January and February in Perth. I think we might only have to travel once in that time. And, um, we know it's a hard place to travel to and especially in a, in a hot summer. Um, you know, we're really looking forward to the positives and then, you know, obviously disappointed that we, we can't play all our games at HPF, but, um, you know, the boys have actually, uh, are really looking forward to getting down to Masso Park and uh, making that a really, um, uh, a, a lively uh, and hostile environment there. Hopefully, you know, with a packed house, you know, four, five, six thousand people, whatever they can cram in. Um, you know, we're really looking forward to to playing uh, at that venue.
1: Looking forward to that, and uh, it's been a lot of change within the squad as well. And uh, one of those uh, changes, uh, Mustafa Ramini has been named as the captain today. Uh, what can you tell us about his leadership and also what he's brought since coming to the club?
6: Yeah, he's a is a great choice for, for captain. Uh, you know, he brings a real uh, a winning. Mentality to the football club. Um, and you know, I think, uh, his actions, you know, how he, how he trains, how he conducts himself, uh, will obviously, obviously do, uh, it's helped him to get the position to be captain. But, you know, I think he mentioned today, you know, he's, he's very fortunate that there's a, there's a lot of leaders in, in the group which are, are going to help him. But, um, know, yeah, it's a great appointment and, um, you know, he's uh definitely uh looking forward to leading us out
2: on Sunday. Speaking with Liam Reddy, the first goalkeeper, and the fourth player overall to reach three hundred A League appearances on your uh website, forty one years of age. I'm thinking Tom Brady, I'm thinking James Anderson in cricket, guys that have ticked past forty and are still doing it at the top level. What's the secret for you, Liam?
6: Uh secret, uh look I I love doing what I do. Um, you know, I love coming in to train every day. Um you know, I've been very fortunate that, you know, I haven't really suffered, uh, too many major injuries. But, um, yeah, it's just, um, you know, I, I, I wake up every morning and I, you know, I jump out of bed and I really look forward to getting down to training. And, um, you know, obviously uh, it's a lot easier now that pre-season's over. But, um, yeah, look, uh, I've been very fortunate to, to continue to keep playing. And, um, you know, it's something that, you know, uh, the day will come one day, but, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, not too soon.
2: Well, speaking of keepers, Brad Jones, unfortunately, he's got a, a lingering knee injury, so that's kept him sidelined. So the Glory has uh, signed a replacement cover or cover keeper uh, to give you a bit of support. Um, how, how is Brad going? And obviously um, your number one role is to get a game yourself initially.
6: Yeah, Brad's going. Obviously, yeah, you've you mentioned on Brad with his knee. Um, you know, he's in with the boys every day working, uh, working hard to get back uh, fit, um, and then you know we've got obviously uh, young Cameron Cook who, who stepped in last year and played uh, a handful of games. He's uh, itching at it a bit, and obviously we just signed a new new goalkeeper uh, Pierce uh, who's, who's come over from the NPL in Melbourne. So we've got a, a really competitive group of uh, of keepers that's going to keep me on my toes. Uh, you know, obviously if I get the nod on Sunday to uh, to keep that spot, but um, you know it's a it's a good bunch of boys that we all get on really well and. Um, yeah, we push each other, and whoever gets the nod, the other boys will support.
1: We were speaking with Andy Harper the other day, and he said that Ruben Zadkovich is uh, quite easily the hungriest coach that we'll have. Uh,
6: yeah, look, it's uh, it's a really good group of players. We've got some uh, some young Perth boys, um, some some younger players from uh, from interstate as well that have really gelled well, and um, yeah, it's a really good feeling in the camp, and uh, uh, something that uh, you know we're, we're uh, excited about.
2: So, Liam, in a nutshell, under the new coach, and obviously he took over uh, under difficult circumstances late last season, is it a defence-first mentality? Is it trying to create scoring opportunities, a mix of both? Well, Is there a theme to, to the way he wants to go about your game style?
6: Without giving too much away, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously we're going to be, we, we want to be hard to beat. Um, I'm not saying we're going to be defence-first, but uh, we're going to be, you look at the the league, um, you know, over the, the last 10 years, the team that, um, the team that uh, is the best defensively generally comes first, second or third. Um, you know, so that's something that we've really got to emphasize on because we, we conceded too many goals last year as a team. But but on the flip side of that, you know, he wants to play an attractive brand of football, a possession-based uh, brand of football. And I think you can see by the signings that he's made, uh, you know, Kolokowski, uh, Ryan Williams, uh, Hatch, um, you know, these the sort of players, they're fast, they're mobile and, um, you know, they're going to cause some teams some headaches uh, going forward. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to hopefully it all gelling on Sunday and then, uh, you know, um, hopefully the, the fans in Perth will, will see a, a, a good product of football uh, when we finally do play back in Perth in uh, November, December.
2: One quick one on the Wanderers. Have you done much scouting on them? How are they tracking towards the start of this season from what you've seen?
6: Yeah, it's a a little bit of an unknown, actually, because they've, uh, I think, probably with us, have had the most uh, turnover of players. uh, And um, we didn't see them playing the FA Cup uh, because they weren't in it uh, like ourselves. So we don't really have much to go on. We've uh, really just been focusing on ourselves and and what we can do uh, for this first game. But I'm sure we'll get some... uh, Intel, uh, you know, obviously tomorrow and then uh, on Mudge Day about the actual starting eleven and, and and what they're good at and what we can uh, attack.
2: Well, Lehman, it's been a tough year. It's two for the glory and your supporters. Uh, a new era hopefully about to begin on the weekend against the Wanderers. Uh, best of luck over there on the East Coast. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day and, uh, best of luck for the season. No worries. Thanks for having us. There it is, Liam Reddy, Perth Glory goalkeeper, one of the stars of the A-League, more than 300 appearances next to his name. And that Perth Glory update brought to you by Football Is Here. Isuzu Ute A-League kicks off tomorrow. Experience it live. Search A-League tickets. As we said, the glory, the wanderers from 11.30am that's Perth Time on Sunday. Up next, we're going to talk some tennis with Brett Patton, the Tennis West CEO, right here on Sports Day.
5: Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, cars of the year.
2: Great to have your company on Sports Day. This is Thursday night, and let's talk some tennis with Tennis West CEO Brett Patton, who has got a big 24 hours coming up with so an awards night on our doorstep. Brett, thanks for your time tonight.
9: Always a pleasure, Scott. You're right. We've got a big awards night tomorrow night it's at the Optus Stadium. It's our Tennis West Gala. It's our night of nights. The equivalent of the Brownlow or the Sandover medal and looking forward to celebrating all the great and wonderful efforts from club to coaches to players and all officials. So it's going to be a wonderful night of recognition tomorrow night.
2: Well, we know it's been difficult for some sports with COVID over the past couple of years. How tough has it been in the tennis fraternity locally?
9: Well, tennis, funnily enough, uh, it's a community sport, it's a distance sport, you're can you you're effectively about 20 metres apart when you're playing from one end of the court to the other, so COVID, funnily enough, has been very kind to tennis, we've seen an incredible rate of increase in participation from juniors all the way through to seniors, and COVID's almost been uh, our friend in a lot of ways, because like I said, um, the amount of people picking up a racket and getting down to a whether it's a local club or a council court or a school court has has increased over the last two years, so... You know, people are flooding back to tennis in droves.
2: You mentioned the awards tomorrow night, and some of your, your best local talent will be on it. Hard to go past what we saw from Matty Ebden on on so many fronts during the year with his success uh, overseas and and what he's done for the sport here in WA. Can you put that into words?
9: Yeah, it's been simply incredible, and kudos to Maddie Ebden. He's such an incredible hard worker. I mean, he's in his sort of mid-30s at the moment. He was formerly number two ranked, Australian player in the singles, uh, probably about 10 or so years ago, played Davis Cup about 10 years ago. He finds himself back in the Davis Cup team, only recently playing in Germany. So, you know, for him this year, certainly has been a standout year. He made the final of the Australian Open doubles alongside his good mate Max Purcell. They lost to the Special Ks and Kokonakis and Kiriath in the final of the, the men's Australian Open doubles, but then backed it up. I mean, I know he'd been putting in a significant block of training they, he and Max Purcell had really eyed. They'd been sort of quietly confident about their efforts or their, their their chances at Wimbledon this year and, you know, that final they played five sets, super tiebreaker in that fifth set to capture his very, very first men's doubles title there at Wimbledon and the way that him and Max fell to the ground um, you know, in a unified, falling format was just simply remarkable. It certainly won for the ages but, you know, he's, he's had a wonderful year and also getting through to the final of the mixed doubles here with Sam Stozer at Wimbledon and He's really put uh, WA tennis on the map, certainly from a global standpoint, and and continues to do that. I mean, his form this year has been simply exceptional, and unfortunately for him, there was no points, no AT points being carried at Wimbledon because of the issues they had with uh, banning the Russians and the Belarusians, so the ATP sanctioned and made sure they took some points away from Wimbledon this year, which is a real shame, a bit like Nick Kyrgios. So his, his doubles ranking would be a lot higher than what it is, but... He's finishing the year incredibly strongly and we'll see him back here probably in a couple of weeks and do a solid block of training before he heads into the Australian Open. So, you know, he's had an incredible year and my fingers crossed he has an incredible summer for uh, for himself and certainly for WA Tennis.
1: So after we move away from the awards night we get into the State League returning. Brett, what can you tell us about that?
9: Yeah, big State League this season. A lot happening around the best clubs. We've got eight men's clubs and, eight, and six women's clubs competing in this year's WA Tennis West State League Championships and now we've got some wonderful players and wonderful clubs and, you know, it, just, it is the premier club tennis league right across Australia with the envy of all the other states as far as our competition is concerned and, you know, we've got about 8,000 people that pick up a racket and play tennis for their club here in WA across this summer and, you know, looking forward to another really, really big state league season. A lot of great players coming across to play it and, you know, we've got some standout players, uh, local, local talent, not just some of the global talent that's going to come back and play. We're ambitiously, we'd love to see Matty Ebden pick up a racket. He he played a couple of matches in the last couple of seasons for Alexander Park. Uh, And Stormy Sanders, obviously winning the US Open mixed doubles with Johnny Piers. Uh, She's been a uh, a player who's absolutely loved and, and, and really enjoyed her time playing State League over many, many seasons. She lives in Melbourne now. So when she comes back and visits the family, we're trying to pinch her and get her in and play for a club during State League. But no, it's a really competitive and like I said, it's the best uh, Premier League competition, in, w- in certainly in Australia.
2: How encouraged are you, Brett, by some of the young women coming through the ranks? Because I believe there's some exceptional talent and there are high hopes without putting too much pressure on some of these young ladies who are doing some really nice things at a young age.
9: Oh, they certainly are. I mean, we've got three exceptional athletes coming out of WA. Talia Gibson, she's won three ITF World Tour titles this year, two in America and then backed it up coming and winning one here in Queensland uh, only a matter of a month or so ago and her world ranking is on the rise, sits inside sort of the 350 mark at the moment and young Taylor Preston and Taylor's been really concentrating on the ITF junior circuit at the moment and she's ranked number 10 in the world and that's the highest junior ranking certainly in the female ranks that we've seen since Ash Barty dominated the junior rank so that's a pretty good sign for Taylor Preston and And like I said, we've got young Lily Fairclough. And Lily's a terrific young athlete, left-hander, played for Henson Park in the State League. She's now part of the Tennis Australia's High Performance Academy located over in Queensland. Um, And she came across here only a matter of about three or four weeks ago and represented WA in the state school children's championship called the Pizzy Cup. And she took out, not only did they win the team's events in the Pizzy Cup, the boys and the girls, defended all the other states, but she also won the Australian Cup, which is the individual singles championships and she's only one of four West Australians to win that title over the last 50 years of the Pidgey Cup being played. So, you know, we've got three incredibly talented young female athletes coming out of our ranks and we're incredibly proud of their achievements and, and looking forward to them really springboarding and, and making a real name for themselves over, over the next 12, 24 months.
2: Absolutely. The Pidgey Cup, an outstanding achievement for WA Tennis. On a broader scale, uh, we know the Hotman Cup, uh, much loved and has moved on now, but Anything that might give our, our tennis listeners uh, some optimism, some excitement about this summer as to what you're trying to, to drag uh, onto our shores?
9: That's a great question, Skeet. And we all saw the ATP Cup, and that pretty much took over from the Hotman Cup. And a lot of people don't really understand why we lost the Hotman Cup. And the reason we lost the Hopman Cup is because the ATP wanted to put in a new men's team competition to compete against the Davis Cup. And traditionally, the Davis Cup had been in 100 years of competition. It was a male-only tournament, just like the Federation Cup, which is now the Billie Jean King Cup for the women, and they determined that they wanted to go head-to-head with the ITF and their Davis Cup, but right now, there's uh, some announcements to be made over the weekend, Skeet, and just keep your eye on some of the announcements going to come out, but uh, we're looking and leaning towards a mixed-team competition, uh, and we're looking to make some announcements around about that uh, in the next week or so, because that's going to We've got a place on the map It's going to start around the 29th of December and run through to about the 4th of January. I can't give you too much detail right now, but uh, there'll be some more announcements coming our way. It'll be great to see world-class tennis back here in Perth.
1: Certainly will be, and that's a nice little tease as well to uh, keep our eyes and ears tuned for Sunday. But before we let you go, uh, we can't have a tennis guest on Sports Day and not ask about the uh, great Roger Federer's retirement. Uh, Your thoughts on his career and also how it all wrapped up.
9: Yeah, sad day in sport, isn't it? I mean, what a year we've seen Roger Federer retire. We've seen the great Serena Williams hang up her rackets as well. And, you know, uh, he transcends tennis. I mean, he's a global sporting superstar. You know, his ability to be able to relate to everyone who plays sport across the globe has been simply exceptional for the best part of 20 years. And, you know, to see him hang up his his racket the way he did at the Rod Laver, or the Laver Cup, um, was quite emotional. We saw those famous pictures of him sitting courtside with Rafa Nadal holding hands, both of them in tears, knowing this is the last time they would ever be sharing a court together or sharing a game against each other. And, you know, what he's done to tennis is a bit like what Michael Jordan did to basketball. You know, he really put it on the, in the spotlight. Uh, he influenced many, many children right across the world to go down and pick up a tennis rack and get onto a tennis court. But I don't think we'll ever see another tennis player quite like Roger Federer. The artistry in which he played the game the way that he conducted himself on the court, the way he conducted himself off the court. I and mean, he made more money in sponsors off the court than he made on the court. He was making about $100 million a year with his sponsors and about $10 million a year on average just with his prize money. And, you know, he far and away supersedes any other tennis player as far as endorsements are concerned. And, but it's a sad day. We haven't lost him to tennis. I know he's going to be around. He does love the game. It's been in his blood since, you know, he had his, his first coach with an Australian called Peter Carter. Um, Peter was a South Australian player and coach and moved over to Switzerland and, and really did a lot of great work in honing the skills of uh, Roger Federer and Roger always pays homage to Peter every time he plays in Australia and also invites Peter's family out to the Australian Open and keeps that pretty low key. Unfortunately, Peter died many, many years ago through tragic circumstances, but still honours um, Peter, Peter's name, um, you know, so some great ties into Australia for Roger Federer but what can I say, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time, not just the fact that he's won so many Grand Slams, held you know the most, almost the second now most amount of weeks at number one, superseded by Novak Djokovic. But I think the way that he just got people to watch the game of tennis, to love the game of tennis, I think for me there's no question he is without, he is the star and he is the best player that I've ever seen play the game.
2: Brett, right, well summarised on so many fronts. Uh, enjoy and best of luck tomorrow night at the Tennis West Gala Awards night. Thanks for being part of Sports Day. We'll talk tennis with you soon.
9: Looking forward to it. Looking forward to your MC work there tomorrow night, Skate. Thank you very
2: much, Brett. Brett Patton, uh, Tennis West CEO, uh, joining us, telling us about a potential big tournament coming our way uh, on the weekend, uh, announcement at least, and can't wait to hear what that is. Thanks to Barbecues Galore, go to iconwin.com.au to win a Ziggy by Ziggler and Brown Barbecue this summer. More of Sports Day right after Sports Day
5: for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, cars of the year.
2: Great to have your company on Sports Day. Get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to tickertech.com.au now. Speaking of the Wildcats, Ben Malice follows everything basketball for what it's worth, NBA journalist, and, of course, he's right across the NBL. Good evening, Ben. Thanks for joining us tonight.
8: Lads, great to be with you both.
2: Let's uh, kick it off um, and start with the Wildcats, given uh, this segment is uh, heavily associated with it. They had a very promising start to their season against the Brisbane Bullets, albeit they started slowly. But this side looks like... Uh, they're destined to return to the finals, albeit after one game.
8: Yeah, correct. It was a slow start on Sunday afternoon, and I was in the arena, and when they got jumped, I think it was 11-2, to two, there were big-time flashbacks to how last season ended, but they steadied the ship, thanks in big part to Bryce Cotton doing his thing and getting the offense going, and then once the second quarter hit and the game got going, that proved to be way too strong for a bullet side, so... It was a great showing in the end. Offensively, some great performances. The high assist number is something that I know the new head coach is very keen on. And importantly, their defense really locked down. So a great start to the season last Sunday. and With another home game this week against a team that should be middling in Illawarra, it's a great chance for them to get on a 2-0 start and really get into their season.
1: How did you see the newer players that have joined the Perth Wildcats? I know uh, some of the fans were a little bit, um, not upset, but expecting a little bit more from uh, Brady Manning. I know it's his first game. He's only come out of college. But how did you see the imports in their first uh, game for the Wildcats?
8: Yeah, they did really well. Brady obviously didn't have the best game in terms of statistical output. But I think everyone needs to remember that he's come straight out of college living in the heartlands of North America. And he's moved himself high-high around the world post-COVID. And I was actually speaking with John Rowley yesterday, and he was saying that Brady hasn't seen his family in three months. So things like that, a lot of us on the outside can sometimes take for granted. So Brady definitely deserves a couple more games. And while it wasn't his best showing, his shooting touch wasn't there, but we could see the respect the opposition defense was giving him on how they were defending the Wildcats and really making sure he didn't have any shooting lanes. So I expect Brady to get better as the season goes along. Sean Thomas played a really good game. The thing that was really impressive about him was his passing. Yeah, he's got 12 points. And yes, he made some good plays in conjunction with Bryce Cotton. But the way he especially passed the ball is promising. And I think even looking at Luke Travers, I know he's not import, but it's his second year back now and first time following getting selected in the NBA. And again, his passing was really on show. So. It wasn't anything groundbreaking in terms of scoring the ball from the new guys over the weekend, but the assist total, as I say, was 24, and they were really passing and moving the ball well, and that is in large part thanks to the talent that's been imported into the team this season.
1: Would you say that you've seen uh, John Reilly's imprint on the team more on the defensive side or more on the offensive side so far?
8: I think he's been preaching defense, hasn't he, the last six weeks? And that's something that through all the podcasts and all the interviews he's been giving, he's really been talking about defence getting physical and again he mentioned this on Sunday and really trying to slow down the opposition. Now, when you hold your opponents to seventy three points and force them into a ton of turnovers, which is what happened on the weekend, that is great proof for really the head coach and it's great positive reinforcement to the troops. So That's, again, something to watch this weekend. Can they keep a very high-octane Illawarra offense under check and hopefully keep them around the 80-point mark? Because if they can, then the Wildcats' offense led by Bryce Cotton would definitely be clearing that mark. So defensively is the biggest thing we've seen so far, and while it's only been one game, there are definitely positive signs for the Wildcats so far.
1: Can you see Travers getting a spot in the starting five? Uh, I was talking to a couple of people who were maybe expecting him to start there after you know being drafted into the NBA, but uh, is it just a holding pattern at the moment or are you quite happy with the uh, starting five the Wildcats have uh, started off with?
8: Yeah, again, the head coach joked after the game on Sunday that he flipped a coin and decided whether (laughs) Travers was going to come off the bench. I'll start the game and I expect as long as the team keeps winning it's not going to be a discussion as to whether he starts or not and personally I like bringing Travis off the bench because you're bringing in someone that can average a high assist total he can get the ball in transition and start offence and his defence is steadily improving bringing a starting calibre player off the bench is a weapon for the Wildcats. And if we skip ahead three or four months to later in the season, if you've got Luke Travers in the discussion for sixth man of the year, that bodes well for the team because there's not many outfits in the NBL that can bring an NBA-caliber player off the bench. So I like the idea of keeping him in reserve and continuing with that. Again, if a losing streak arrives or even if we get into the playoffs or a certain matchup, there's definitely reasons and valid reasons for switching it up. But getting going with Travis off the bench, I personally like it, and I think it's a good look for the team.
2: Speaking with Ben Malice, NBA journalist, and a bit of NBL talk there. But let's, uh, focus in on the NBA season, which is almost upon us. And Ben Simmons, uh, an outing for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers, quite coincidentally. Uh, I think it's 19 minutes, and I suppose in many ways there's a big watch on what he does between now and uh, the early part of the season to see whether he can have an impact.
8: Correct. It's all about watching, isn't it? And some good and some bad came of that game earlier this week. The good was that Ben was on a basketball court. He was playing in an NBA arena. And, yes, it was the preseason, but he was at least getting out there. He looks fit and healthy. The back looks 100%. And he was able to hit the court with Kyrie Irving, with Paddy Mills, with Kevin Durant. And that team needs a lot of playing time because there's been so many moving parts in Brooklyn, even predating Ben's arrival. And if the Nets want to seriously compete this year, the first thing they need to do is gain cohesion and figure out how to play with each other and figure out what lineups work. So the positive odyssey was out there. And again, high assist total for Ben in his brief minutes. And there were flashes of what Brooklyn hope he can do. And that's initiating offense, playing great defense, and being the glue that connects a lot of players on that team that have been selfishly going for their own stats and numbers over the past 24 months. So that's the good. The negative is that the jump shot looks like it hasn't improved at all since we last saw Ben. So again, that's one thing to watch. He deserves the benefit of the doubt and a little bit more time there, but he just needs to get out on the court and prove that he belongs first and foremost, which he always has, but when you disappear for 18 months, you do need to remind the NBA world of what you can do. And then once he gets into the season and give him a couple of months, then it's fair to ask whether his game has improved like it needs it to. But again, we just need to see him out in the court. And this week was a first step.
1: The Adelaide 36ers, 10 point winners over the Phoenix Suns. The commentary, a little bit different on the two, the two different countries, USA and also Australia. Australia seemingly, seeming like the Adelaide 36ers might be the best Australian basketball team ever put together. But what's the takeaway from it all, Ben, overall?
8: Uh, again, my biggest takeaway is, obviously, it's amazing to see the 36ers go over there and beat a Phoenix sunside which admittedly, it was their first game of the preseason. They were taking the, you know what, for half of that game Phoenix and weren't trying the hardest. But again, that doesn't take anything away from an Adelaide team that hopped on a plane, flew 20 hours across the world and bombed away from three and impressively shot Phoenix out of the game. And that has been outstanding. I think for Adelaide, though, the ironic part of this is it's put their players on the NBA radar even more. So we've seen over the past 48 hours that NBA scouts and we've seen a lot more attention placed on a few 36 of players. So in some ways, it would be a shame for them if one of their players got poached over the next week and got themselves an NBA contract. So I think it proves again that the NBL is on the right track. We know all those cliche things. But to finally see a 36er team and an NBL team go over there and win was a cool moment for the sport. And like you say, I'm sure one day we'll be seeing TV shows or movies or podcasts done about that game, and those players definitely have a story that will last them throughout the rest of their lives.
2: And their grandchildren will know all about it. Uh, thanks so much, Ben, for updating us on the NBL, the NBA. Always appreciate your work. And, of course, we can hear you on a, a new podcast on Backchat with Will Schofield and the team in Backchat. So thanks for being part of Sports Done this Thursday night.
8: Anytime, lads. Have a great day.
2: There it is, Ben Malice, NBA journalist. Of course, the Hawks take on the Wildcats Saturday 5pm tip-off at RAC Arena. That segment, thanks to Kia, Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year.
5: Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Time to talk some racing, thanks to Tab Touch.
2: It's time to catch up with Tab Touch's David Short. G'day, Shorty. Yeah, g'day, Steve. Great to be catching up. How do we find it tonight? We're in excellent form. Of course, the footy season is over. The heater,
1: we're turning our attention to a bit of summer. Yeah, a bit of a weird game last night in the first T20 International between Australia and the West Indies. Uh, What can you tell us about the market for the second one, Shorty?
4: Yeah, Hida, Aussies going in, hot favourites, $1.22, West Indies at $4.25, stacks of different novelty markets available for that particular contest. Of course, we've got the T20 World Cup just around the corner. Uh, the Aussies going in as the $3.50 favourites there in front of England and India, both at four fifty. South Africa, a $9 chance. I thought I'd just quickly mention as well, uh, WA off to a great start in all three formats uh, as it sits right now to win the Marsh One Day Cup, West Aussies at $2.50, Tassie 375, New South Wales at $6.50. And for the Big Bash, the Scorchers $4 favourites there in front of the Sydney Sixers 5 and Melbourne Stars at $6. So across the board, it looks like being another excellent season ahead for WA cricket. If the bookies have got it right, that's music to our ears.
2: Now, Shorty, I, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but the T20 World Cup market, how fluid is that at the moment?
4: Uh, yeah, it's pretty steady. Uh, we're holding a bit of money early doors, uh, mainly through multi-betting at this particular stage with a lot of those markets. But I think with home ground advantage um, and coming off, obviously, the title win last year, the Aussies heading in at $3.50, and um, they are finding themselves into a number of long-range multis that we're riding.
2: Let's turn our attention to racing, plenty of great racing, uh, particularly on the eastern seaboard initially with Caulfield, some Group 1 action, Might and Power, the Caulfield Guineas, the Turak Handicap. Should be a terrific day out there on Saturday.
4: Oh, this is one of the great race days on the calendar. Make no mistake about that. Kicking off in the Group One Might and Power, Animo at two dollars forty-five heads-up betting here. Open at two thirty, so has been easy to back to this point. Zaki four eighty to four sixty on Thunderstruck at six dollars, as is Alligator Blood. Onto the group one, Caulfield Guineas, Golden Mile heads up betting here at 280. uh, Opened up at $3, so uh, early market support's been good. Berkeley Square, 550 to 5, and Tijuana on the third line's been 11 into $8.50. The third of the group one's a Turak Handicap. This horse, since coming across from New Zealand, has made quite the splash. I wish I win for Peter Moody. Uh, It's gone two for two here in Australia. Punters thinking it'll go three for three there on Saturday. Open at 260, got out to 275. Back into 260 now. Two Valu's there at $8. Gentlemen Roy, a $9 chance.
2: Yeah, and plenty of great racing at Randwick as well. We've got some Group 2 action. We've got the Silver Regal, the Tap Craig, the Roman Consul. There's a heap of good racing in Sydney on Saturday.
4: Indeed, kicking off with the Group 2 Roman Consul stakes. Best of Bordeaux heads up betting at 280. I thought the horse on the second line, Walinga Beast, looked a super chance. Very good record on the heavy surface, and they're going to be operating on a heavy 10 there on Saturday. 750 into 550 would suggest plenty of punters agree with me. On to race number six on the card, the Cap Craig over the 1400 meters. Zoo Tiger is another favourite on the day that the punters have latched onto. 230 into 225. Opal Ridge 420 to 440. Hawaii 5 os there as a $9 chance. And in the Silver Eagle, Mister Mozart, pronounced favourite at three dollars sixty, opened at four twenty. So the support's been good. Waterford eight into seven, and Star Conte seven fifty out to eight dollars.
2: And closer to home, Ascot. We're back. Fantastic to see uh, fine weather forecast for Saturday, and of course the three-year-old classic. And there's a horse I think named after Carl Langdon. Uh, it's the favourite all show number six. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, some would suggest that. Uh, I'm sure Carl will clip you on the way through <laughs> if he hears this particular report. Uh, Skeeter, oh, 2.15 out to 2.35, back into 2.20, uh, looking the goods. Rumour says on the second line, 6 into 4, Snowdome's been 4 to 5.50 and top of the pops if you're looking for one at longer odds, 11 into $9.50. But I look forward to uh, seeing what Carlos has to say when he does
2: hear that little clip. Very nice from you, Skeeter. Good on you, Shorty David Short. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Cheers, fellas. Good punting. There it is, David Shorter. By the way, there is a 10-event card at Ascot on Saturday. The return to headquarters, the first at 11.59. The last, it's 5.38. And as we mentioned, the Crown Perth 3 old Classic run at 5 o'clock. Those with the touch, choose Tab Touch. Better your bet and download Tab Touch today. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Health on one 858 858 Time to move into our chase for charity brought to you by Greyhounds WA. We're joined by Dennis O'Brien as we look ahead to another huge weekend of chasing. Dennis, thanks for your time tonight.
7: Hey, good evening, Mark and Paul.
2: Yeah, great to have you on board. Let's start off by having a chat about the Group 3 Mandra Cup on Friday night. Looks like a pretty handy field.
7: Yeah, it could almost be a Group 1 final this. It's got some pretty good dogs going around on Friday night down there. Race 7, Bones McCoy won the Group 3 Birthday Cup earlier in the year down at Mandra. Biascript won this year's Perth Cup. Unsee, this went round last week and went 27-25, which was the fastest qualifier. And, uh, look, Amplified, who's eight from eight at the track and an absolute rising start. So that's just five of them. Momentum's been just about every feature final we've had this year, and uh, he's in as well. So an absolute ripper field. So uh, certainly worth looking uh, at race seven on Friday night, the Mandreth
1: Cup. I think we've heard all of those dogs in your best bets over the uh, last couple of weeks as well, Dennis. But uh, looking forward to this weekend, uh, Mandra on Friday, Cannington on Saturday. Who should we get around uh, for this weekend?
7: I'm going on Mandra on the Friday and I'm going to the litter brother of Amplified which is a greyhound by the name of Raised which had its first start down at Mandra last week and uh, Julie got the money at $5 mark so uh, look Raised was uh, raised by uh, Adian Manolitis and he bred the litter Fernanda Bale Elevated which has quite a few of the dogs running over here for their Crystal and Steve Shinner's kennel so Amplified's probably the best of them, there's Electrified and a few of the others but Raised was kept by the breeder and he's obviously seen how well the dogs are going over here with the, the Shinner's kennel so he's this one over, and uh, one start for one win at Mandurah, so Friday night, race eight, can't see why it can't do it again.
2: And what about Cannington on Saturday night? What's your best there?
7: Uh Graham that's been running pretty consistently at uh, Cannington is who told Spider. He's in race five, number three, went down and contested the heats of the Mandra Cup down at Mandra last week, and uh, he ran fourth, got into a bit of trouble, got a few bumps down there. Probably not his track, I don't think. He certainly got a better record at Cannington over the 5.20, so he comes back to Cannington Saturday night, and certainly probably a little bit less class than what he was racing against last week, so... No reason why Saturday night he can't run a really good race. Good beginner. So I think it would be ha- handy to the pace and can run a big race. So who told Spider on Saturday night?
2: Yeah, so Mandra Friday, race eight, number three race, and Cannington, Saturday, race five, number three, which is, by the way, the Fuller Fitness over 520 metres. he Fuller doesn't mind uh, investing either as well. Dennis, on the quiet?
7: No, no, he does. He, he likes his doggies, does uh, Matty. So he comes out pretty regularly and a uh, good supporter of Greyhound Racing is Matty.
2: There it is. So race five, number three. Who told Spider? Dennis, always appreciate your time. Hope you go well. Go you boys. There it is. Dennis O'Brien from Greyhounds WA as we jump into a chase for charity. Thanks to Greyhounds WA, racing against motor neuron disease. Anita with Carl. Uh, outside the equation here, and we know how competitive he is. Uh, uh, The ball is in your court to kick us off uh, tonight.
1: Well, I'm one from one, and uh, I did win some money for you last time, Skeet, so I'm moving to the other side of the fence this time, trying to help out Carl, but mostly helping out uh, the chase for charity, Greyhounds WA, Racing Against Motor Neurone Disease. I'm going to Saturday. I like to look for omen bets, and we do work with a young man by the name of Jimmy, so I'm going race seven, number two, Jimmy's Decision. And that is uh, Hedy's decision for this weekend, at least. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to stick with what Dennis uh, uh, tipped
2: us at Cannington. Also Saturday night, race five, number three, Who Told Spider over 5.20 metres uh, has won two of its past four. So $25 each way, Who Told Spider, as part of our chase for charity, Greyhounds WA, racing against motor neuron disease.
5: Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, cars
2: of the year. Welcome back to Sports Day as we wrap things up on a Thursday night. On this day, thanks to Barra and O'Day, because the little things are everything.
1: On this day in 1998, Skeet Australia won its first cricket test against Pakistan in 39 years. I'm pretty sure that was when Ian Healy uh, broke the wicket-keeping record as well for dismissals. And another drought-breaking win as well on this day in 2002, the Sydney Roosters in the NRL won their first premiership uh, in 27 years versus the New Zealand Warriors. So that's on this day. Thanks to Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments, because the little things are everything. Yes, some other sport bumping around in the NRL. uh,
2: Reportedly, Cameron Munster has re-signed with the Melbourne Storm in a blow to the Dolphins, a new rugby league franchise up there in Queensland. Uh, A deal worth reportedly $4.5 million. It was a pretty quiet day when it comes to the trades. Uh, at the end of the day though for the Dockers Josh Corbett as we heard from earlier on has come across to Fremantle, Jeremy Sharp still some work to do here but uh, a pretty
1: quiet day when it comes to uh movement in the AFL trades I think everyone's getting maybe ready for a bit of a long weekend, skate. we'll see if uh, any action gets done tomorrow on Friday of trade week but yeah disappointing that the uh Dockers couldn't roll in those two Gold Coast Sun players but looking forward to our hearing about Josh and his uh, upcoming Bucks party heading to the races this weekend as well so that should be pretty interesting for him. Yes, the Dockers get some cover inside their forward
2: line, 190 centimetres. He is a big boy and hopefully uh, he can make his mark, just as Will Brody did after coming across from the Gold Coast Suns. Thanks for your company tonight. Up next, it is Todd Johnson and the Night Shift. He'll take you through after the 8 o'clock news. Uh, we'll return tomorrow night from 6 o'clock with all the late breaking news in sport. But Mark Reddings and Paul Heath, uh, wishing you well on this Thursday night. Up next, the 8 o'clock news, followed by the Night Shift here on 6PR.